Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. A second scripture lesson from the New Testament book of Acts. Acts chapter 4, verses 32 to 37, as well as chapter 5, verses 1 to 6. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. There was a Levite from Cyprus, Joseph, to whom the apostles gave the name Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He sold a field that belonged to him, then brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. But a man named Ananias, with the consent of his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property. With his wife's knowledge, he kept back some of the proceeds and brought only a part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Ananias, Peter asked, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, were not the proceeds at your disposal? How is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You did not lie to us, but to God. Now when Ananias heard these words, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard of it. The young men came and wrapped up his body, then carried him out and buried him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Generosity is the title and subject of today's sermon. This summer, as we have for the past two summers, we're preaching through a sermon series. The, this year, the topic of the series is spiritual gifts. If you look at these front windows in the sanctuary, we'll see that we already had a, a sermon focused on discernment, a sermon focused on encouragement. Today, the sermon is focused on generosity. If you're sitting in the balcony, you might not know the direct, uh, decorations that I'm talking about, but trust me, these windows are decorated. It is, fo it is good to focus on the gift of generosity because we spend so much time focusing on the curse of selfishness. When we focus on the gifts that we've received, we pay more attention to where the good thing is. That's a, that's a healthy habit for us to get into, to spend more time focused on generous people. When we do that, we spend less time focused on greedy people. When we go out into the world expecting to see generosity, it changes the way we act, it changes the way we think, it changes the way we feel. Something the Reverend Joe Bryce always says is, focus on what you want more of. 
If we focus more on generosity and take the time to celebrate generous people, there's less space in our minds for the cheapskates. And when there's less space in our minds for the cheapskates, we're free in a way that we haven't been before. So this morning, I'm calling on you to think about generosity. Who in your life embodies this gift of the Spirit? Here at First Presbyterian Church, it's easy to see and to focus on generous people because generous people are all around this place. However... If you walk into Kroger, you'll see that milk costs $3.39 a gallon. If you, if you buy the organic stuff, it can go up to $6.49. Eggs range from $1.99 a dozen to, to $6.99 a dozen for the fancy kind of eggs where the, where the chickens get the spa treatment. <laughs> That's a lot of money. So every restaurant that we go to has a sign up that says, due to rising food costs, our prices have increased 15%. Have you seen a sign like that? <coughs> if you look towards the rising prices at our grocery stores, it is easy to feel as though everyone wants a piece of what you have in your wallet. That's not a good feeling, being price gouged and pickpocketed everywhere we go. After a while, we start to wonder, where will there be ever enough? Will I have enough? Seeing prices rise, I start to imagine that the world is full of people who are more like Ananias and Sapphira. Have you heard their story before? This passage from the book of Acts that I read this morning for our second scripture lesson is one that has always scared me. This whole group of believers were of one heart and soul to the degree that no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything that they owned was held in common. That was the norm in the early church, which makes sense when you think about what they, what they knew, what they believed. They focused on the abundant love of God. Generosity is an outgrowth of abundant love. That's where our second scripture lesson started. As we read on into chapter 5, our second scripture lesson moved to focus on the only two people who tried to game the system. Ananias and Sapphira. A man named Ananias, with the consent of his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property with his wife's knowledge. He kept back some of the proceeds and brought only a part and laid it at the apostles' feet. The apostle Peter didn't like that. He could not understand why Ananias would hold back a piece of the profit from the community of believers. So the apostle Peter asked him, how is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You did not lie to us, but to God. When Ananias heard that, he dropped dead. How's that for a stewardship sermon? <laughs> My friends, no doubt the most memorable part of this second scripture lesson is what happened to the two people 
who did not embody the generosity that was expected of them. So if you remember anything from Acts chapter 5 verses 1 to 6, it's likely that Ananias and Sapphira died. But wait just a minute. Is it not far more remarkable that these two were the only couple who did not give everything that they had? Is it not far more important for us to remember that among those first believers in that early Christian community, the exception was the couple who held back a portion of what they had in the norm was a generosity so radical that all who owned anything sold it that what the community possessed would be held in common. We spend too much time paying attention to those places where generosity is not. We watch the news and we hear about climbing prices, then we go out into the world expecting people to act like Ananias and Sapphira holding something back, thinking first of themselves and second of the common good, when in the early church, generosity was the norm and not the exception. Most believers embodied generosity. Most Christians gave everything that they had. So normal was generosity that Peter just couldn't believe that Ananias and Sapphira would do anything other than give. So normal was generosity that named in Scripture is the exception to the rule. For to list the names of all those who embodied generosity would take up far too much space in our Bibles. So it is here. Do you have any idea of the generosity that pervades this place? Many of you know Antonio Evans, who is our security guard most Sundays. During the week, security is often provided by, by a man named Tyrell. A member of our church staff asked Tyrell how he was doing last week, and he said, well, I'm great. The only thing that could make today even better for me as if I had a Reese's peanut butter cup. <laughs> well, 15 minutes later, Tyrell had for himself a king-size pack of Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> Likewise, you may have heard by now that next month, I'll be the guest bartender at Two Birds Tap House just down the street. You can read more about it in your bulletin. For one night only, this pastor will be behind the bar serving beer, which is just outside my job description. <laughs> but for one night only, beer sales will benefit our food distribution ministry. Instead of making a profit, Jeff and Rachel Bird, who own the bar, will donate the money they make from the beer I serve to feed families in our community. And I have a hundred other examples. Did you know that a group of men and women gave a week of their vacation time to travel to Mexico to build a family, a house to live in week before last? Did you know that uh, Bennett Sherwood bought for himself a pack of special Bible highlighters and he gave me one? Did you know that a group in our church is working towards providing free anonymous counseling for our county's first responders? 
or that on the 4th of July, church members will be grilling out for the employees of the Cobb County Jail who must work rather than celebrate with their family and their friends. Everywhere I look around this place is abundant generosity. Generosity is not the exception, but the norm. Can you see it? Focus on what you want more of, says the Reverend Joe Bryce. If we focus on generosity and take the time to celebrate generous people, then there will be less space in our minds for the cheapskates. And we will go out into the world looking at things differently. We will act differently. We will be more alive and more aware of the power of God at work in our community. So it was with the prophet Elijah. In our first scripture lesson from the book of 1 Kings, we heard about a widow who had nothing left. She scraped the bottom of her barrel to get just enough grain for one last meal. She was gathering sticks to cook one last measly loaf to stave off her son's hunger a little while longer that they might die in peace. What did the prophet Elijah do? Asked her to share a piece with him. Bring me a little water in a vessel so that I may drink, he said. And bring me a morsel of bread in your hand so that I may eat. Why would he ask this of her? Why would he petition a dying widow for food when she barely had any? This is the life of faith embodied, my friends. But when you realize that all people are not selfish as we have been told, but generous, it changes the way we behave. When we remember how abundant generosity is in our world, God surrounds us with generous people. Don't judge them by how much they appear to have or don't have. Don't judge them by how they dress or the car that they drive. Forget what you have been told. For generosity is not the exception, but the norm. Did you hear that? Maybe you're not so sure that I'm right. Maybe you got ripped off just yesterday. That happens. I've been cleaning out ivy from our front yard, English ivy. Doing so, I unearthed all kinds of stuff that had been buried under the tendrils of English ivy. All kinds of stuff was buried under that ivy. I unearthed an incredible Hulk action figure, <laughs> a pile of rocks, an old used car. <laughs> Not a car, but I did unearth my neighbor's wallet. Someone broke into my neighbor's car grabbed the cash that was in his wallet, then, then tossed the wallet into my English ivy where he couldn't find it. Nobody could until four years later when I started pulling the ivy up. Such a memory as that one will stick with you, won't it? 
Someone steals from you, and it makes you feel like everyone out in the world is a thief, which is not the truth, nor is always guarding your pocket the way we were meant to live our lives. Remember with me this morning, who has been generous to you? Consider who in your life has the gift of generosity. Remember that all around us are generous people, some of whom have never been asked. We are surrounded by those who hardly believe that they have anything worth giving. So we forget that and we stand guard among our neighbors. We've been told to bar our doors and to not bother asking. Yet consider this widow who fed Elijah in our first scripture lesson and know that it was not by receiving that this woman came to faith, but by giving her bread away. <coughs> so often, this is exactly how it is. I mentioned to you before this, this group who went to Mexico. This year, they were mostly adults who went, just two older high school students with, went with them. But years ago, when the trip across the border could be made safely by bus, our church sent hundreds of high school students to, to stack cinder blocks, mix cement, and apply stucco to walls down in Mexico, building houses about the size of our living room for families who had next to nothing. The man we were building a house for one year, he gave me this cross. I keep it in my office. I'll never forget the gift. I'll treasure, it, I'll treasure it always because it reminds me not of what we gave him, but of how this gift of his changed me. Who has been generous to you? Take out your card, get your pen, write their name down. If you didn't get a card when you came in this morning, look around the pews. We just threw them out like confetti. <laughs> if you can't find a card, write a name down on the back of your bulletin. But consider with me someone who embodied the gift of generosity to you. Write their name down on your card. Everybody got their name written? No? no? <laughs> who said no? <laughs> write a name down. <laughs> If you got your name written on your card, hold your card up with me. Leave it there for just a minute. Sunday after Sunday, we stand and we say what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. But this summer, we affirm our faith by claiming the ways that God has been at work in our lives through people. Today, we claim the truth that generosity is not the exception, but the norm. Our generous God has been at work in our lives through generous people. Just look around the sanctuary and see how many people are holding a card up with someone's name on it. Look around. Remember this image. And when you go out into the world today, go believing that generosity is not the exception but the norm. Thanks be to God. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online 
at fpcmarietta.org.